Hi, I'm Alex Rubin, and you're listening to Grace to Your World, a teaching ministry focused on providing an understanding of God's grace, which will empower you to change your world and live the overcoming life. Now, to find out more about our ministry and to access other free resources, simply head to alexrubinministries.org. And with that being said, let's get into today's teaching. God being perfect love now enables him, praise God, it it enables him to deal with the sins of humanity, but to do it in a way where he doesn't have to hold you accountable for your sins. And guys, how many know the only way that he can do that is through Jesus? The only way that he can do that is through the cross. You see, this is why Jesus is the only way, because it's not about you just being spiritual. It's not about you doing all the right things. No, you see, in order for God to save a person, glory be to God. God, you see, here's the thing. God, God's nature requires him it requires that he be just in justifying those who are unjust, you see. <laughs> God has to be just in order to justify those who are unjust. And so in other words, as I said, the sins have to be dealt with. But guys, you see, I'm here to tell you once again today, guys, that God has already dealt with the sins of humanity. Guys, here's another radical statement. Do you know that sin is a non-issue with God today? Well, pastor, how can you say that? I can say it, friend, because God has already dealt with the sins of the world. God has already judged the sins of the world. God has already punished the sins of the world, and he did it 2,000 years ago in the body of Jesus so that he could have now legal grounds to make his blessing available to you, to make his favor available to you, to make his uh, goodness available uh, to you, you see. And so you want to understand that there is this legal right, the legal uh, grounds that need to be there in order for for a person to get saved. And so, uh, you see, God's dealt with the sins of the entire world. Remember, guys, 1 John uh, chapter 2, verse 2 says that Jesus is the propitiation for our sins and for the sins of the entire world. You see, but, but why, why is not everybody saved? Well, because people have to receive that gift. You see, and so when you receive Jesus, you receive the gift that he purchased for you. You receive the legal right to the blessing that he has purchased for you. You guys following me? And so salvation is a finished work, guys. But you see, every single one of us has to receive uh, the gift. If you understand that, say amen. Now look at this here. This is what he's talking about in First John, uh, excuse me, uh, Saint John, uh, chapter one, verse twelve in the Amplified. He says here in the Amplified, but to as many as did receive and welcome him, speaking of Jesus, he gave the authority. I want you to notice the word authority. He gave the authority, the power, the privilege, and the right to become the children of God. That is to those who believe in adhere to, trust in, and rely on his name. In other words, those who believe in Jesus, those who believe in the power and authority of the name of Jesus. Now, I want you to notice the word authority, that he gave us the authority to become the children of God. Now, that Greek word is the word exousia, and that is really talking about this authority is really the legal right, you see. Jesus purchased the legal right to be the children of God, 
to operate in the blessing of God to everyone who would believe in Him, to everyone who would believe on His name. Someone says, Alex, uh, everybody's already a, a child of God. No, friend, you see, everybody's not automatically a child of God. Yeah, I know this is, this is radical for some people, and, but, but I want you to really know the truth. No, you see, what makes you a child of God is when you get born again. You see, when you have the nature of God on the inside of you, and as I said, God can only impart his nature into a person on legal grounds, and so Jesus purchased the legal right for you to be a child of God, and so you become a child of God the very moment you receive Jesus and get born again, and what I want you to understand is that, praise God, you now have the authority to be a child of God, this verse is saying. You got the power, the privilege, and the right. And so in other words, guys, I want you to understand that you have a legal right to operate in the blessing of God. Everybody say, I have a legal right to be blessed. Everybody say, I have a blood-bought right to be blessed. You see, Jesus, with his own blood, purchased your legal right to operate in the blessing of God. And this is so important to understand because oftentimes you can have believers who don't understand this truth of the legal right. And, and, and when somebody doesn't understand this truth of the legal right, oftentimes what will happen is that a person will have this sense of unworthiness. You see, it'll be kind of like, well, Alex, I, I just really don't know if God really wants me healed or if God really wants me to prosper in the certain area of my life. Friend, what I want you to see today is... Jesus having purchased your legal right to the blessing means that glory to God. It means that Jesus bled on that cross. Jesus suffered on that cross to give you the legal right to operate in the blessing. You see, when people say, well, I don't know if God wants me blessed, that really flies in the face of everything that Jesus did, you see, because what Jesus did is he has purchased your legal right to be blessed. He has purchased your legal right to see your body healed. He has purchased your legal right to see your needs being supplied, you see. And so now you being free from the curse of the law means that it's no longer about you struggling and, tr and striving to try to get God to bless you. No, it is about you releasing your faith that Jesus already made the blessing available to you. That's so your life as a believer becomes about being receptive and available to what Jesus purchased for you when he shed his blood. Amen. Everybody say, I'm available to see the goodness of God in my life. Say, I'm available to see the favor of God in my life. If you're with someone, turn to them and say, get ready, get ready, get ready. Something good's about to happen. Something good's about to happen. If you're by yourself, just say it to yourself. Something good is about to happen. Something good is about to happen. Praise God. You see, as believers, we are called to live in this earnest expectation that something good is about to happen. Praise God. Glory be to God. If you understand that, say amen. Now, let's get into this uh, thing on righteousness here today, righteousness. You can head on over to uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 17. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. I want to show you the gift of righteousness. I'm going to show you 
a few scriptures here to really drive this point home that righteousness is a gift. It's not something that you can work for. Now, let's define for a moment what we mean by righteousness. Righteousness is a big word that we like to throw around, but really what does righteousness mean? You see, righteousness in a very basic sense is simply this. It is right standing with God. It is to be in right relationship with God. And I want you to understand that every human being actually has a basic need to be right with God. You see, there, there's a desire built into every person, believers and non-believers alike, a desire to be right with God. I'll say this too, that, that, <laughs> that praise God, even, even a so-called atheist, guys, has a need to be okay with God, you see? <laughs> Someone says, Pastor, how can you say that? Well, guys, I, I can say it because there's really no such thing as an atheist, you see? You see, you, a person may think they're an atheist, but the Bible says in Romans chapter 1 that God has already given to every person the intuitive knowledge of himself. Hey, guys, you see, a funny thing about atheists is, is uh, when they get into trouble or, or something bad happens, that even an atheist will say, oh my God, you know, <laughs> uh, why don't you just say, oh, oh, my Big Bang, you know, if you don't believe in God, you see what I'm saying? Uh, and I never noticed this, guys, about atheists, that atheists are always strangely angry at this God <laughs> that they claim not to believe in. They, well, what's up with that? Well, you see, the thing about an atheist is, is that an atheist is very sincere in, in believing that they don't believe in God. <laughs> but you see, what, what, what really happened is that most likely somewhere along the line, this atheist had some encounter where God was presented to them in a way which produced condemnation in them. In other words, remember, everybody has the basic need to be right with God. But you see, if your idea of God is a God who just judges you, a God who condemns you, a God who's, who's so ready to send you to hell. You see, what that does is it produces condemnation. And when that condemnation is taken to the extreme, that condemnation actually produces a subconscious defense mechanism called spiritual blindness. And so in other words, an atheist is a person who at some point felt so condemned by this God they claim not to believe in, that rather than to cope with that, you know, how could you ever be okay with this God? He's, he's just, he's like, sometimes religion really has helped people with that because you listen to some religious people, they make God sound like a, like a monster, you know? I mean, seriously, you think that it's, it's just so hard to be right with God, it's so hard to be pleasing to God, and, and he's, just, he's, just, he's just angry and he's about to send everybody to hell. You see, well, that produces condemnation, and in an extreme sense, that condemnation produces spiritual blindness. And see, an atheist is a person who has convinced themselves that they don't believe in God, but deep down they know there's a God. <laughs> I know an atheist will probably disagree with that, you know. <laughs> uh, this is fine, you know, we'll just have to agree to disagree. But you see, I just really want you to understand that, that every person has this fundamental need to be okay with God. You see, and, and, and that's what 2 Corinthians 3, by the way, is all about, the spiritual blindness, condemnation producing a veil of spiritual blindness. I, 
uh, preached on this a few weeks ago, but I just really want you to see that everybody has this need to be okay with, with God. And the reason for that is that we were not created to function effectively apart from God. We were created and designed to live in intimate fellowship with God. You see, we were created and designed to know in our hearts that we are okay with God, you see. But the, the issue is that religion keeps having people operate under the law, under the curse of the law, you see, and it's a curse because you can never get there, you see. And so, man, my heart goes out to people who are living their Christian lives and and you think your life as a believer is all about you trying to get okay with God in a sense it's about you trying to become righteous when the truth is Jesus already made you righteous you see you see so so what you got to do is you got to receive that he's already made you righteous that you're already okay with God that this need for righteousness has been met through the finished works of Jesus and you see, that's what's going to let God into you, into your heart. And you're going to see some, some transformation take place in your life. You guys following me? And so I want to show you a few scriptures here, starting in Romans 5.17, that really show you that righteousness is a gift. It is not something that you can work for. Amen. I, w- I really want to establish this foundation of, of righteousness. Righteousness. In fact, everybody say out loud, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say, righteousness is who I am. Say, Jesus has already made me righteous. Praise God. And so let's look at this here in Romans chapter 5, verse 17. In fact, if you're there, let's read this out loud together. Let's read verse 17 out loud together. Ready, read. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Now let's break this down. He says, for if by one man's offense death reigned. Now that's one man is talking about Adam. And so under the curse that came in through Adam, death reigned. But watch this. He says, much more. Everybody say much more. Much more they which receive abundance of grace, guys. You see, there's an abundance of grace available. I want you to understand no matter who you are, no matter what your past looks like, I want you to understand there's an abundance of grace available to you. (laughs) Praise God. In other words, there's no such thing as as a as a grace shortage. You see, <laughs> as I go, oh, we're kind of running out of grace here. No, 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 no. You see, uh, God made available to you the abundance of grace, and so what that means is, no matter what you've done in the past, no matter the mistakes you have made, the grace of God, the unmerited favor of God, is more than enough to cleanse you from those past mistakes, friends. I want you to receive that. And so it's the abundance of grace. And watch this. He says, the gift of righteousness. The gift of righteousness. You see, righteousness is a gift. Now, it being a gift, I want you to understand that by its very nature means that you cannot earn it or deserve it. You see, a gift is something that you get without having worked for it. Uh, Sometimes you might give a gift to a person you surprise them for their birthday or whatever it may be. You just give them a gift and then they'll be like, oh, but, but, but I don't deserve this. And, you know, it's like, well, yeah, you don't. You know, that's why it's a gift. You know, a, a gift is something you get even though you don't deserve it. You see, if you deserved it, if you had work for it, 
then it would no longer be a gift, guys, you see. And so, and so it's the gift of, of righteousness. And he says, those who receive the gift of righteousness, he says, they shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Glory to God. You see, under the curse of the law, death reigns. Under the blessing, the gift of righteousness, I want you to understand that you are called to reign. Praise God. You see, the blessing really makes you a master over circumstances, whereas operating under the, under the curse is going to have circumstances mastering you. And so every single one of you, if you are in Christ, I want you to understand that you have been called to reign in life, you see. I want you to understand believers, Christians, are, are really to dominate in every sphere of life, guys. You see, God wants you on top and never beneath. God wants you to reign in every area of life. Praise God. Look at Romans chapter 10, verse 4. Romans chapter 10, verse 4. I want to drive this home today. I want to get you off of this performance-based mentality. And I just want you to understand... Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough, guys. Look what he says here in Romans chapter 10, verse 4. He says, For Christ is the end of the law. Glory be to God for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Christ is the end of the law, speaking of the law of Moses, for the purpose of righteousness to everyone who believes. You see? And so in other words, the very moment you got into Christ, the, the Christ being the end of the law means now you no longer have to work to try to be okay with God. Now I can hear someone say, well, well, Alex, but we still gotta, we still gotta clean up our lives. Well, hold on. You see, sometimes people think, well, when you preach this message on grace, what you're doing is, is you're giving people license to sin. But no, you see, I remember guys, it's, it's your identity that's going to determine your behavior. You see, and so the very moment that you get this down into your heart that Jesus has made you righteous, well, you see, that's not going to make you want to sin more, guys. If a person hears this and says, well, I think now I have license to sin, well, the issue is very clear here. You, 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 got, you got an unbelief issue, you see. Because if you really believe you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, you can't separate what you do from what you believe. You can't separate your behavior from your identity. And so if you believe you're righteous, praise God, righteous actions are going to flow out of that, you see. But your works now is no longer going to be you trying to be okay with God. No, man, you're going to function in this world. You're going to operate in this world as somebody who knows who they are in Christ, you see. Praise God. That's how you access the blessing. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. 30. And say this out loud again. Say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say, Jesus has made me righteous. You see, and no matter what you're dealing with, you're in the middle of, of, of struggling with some kind of sin. You see, you got to stop letting that sin dictate who you think you are. You see, every time you put your, your bad actions and your bad behavior above what Jesus did on the cross, I want you to understand what you're actually doing is you're exalting your own behavior above the finished works of Jesus, you see. I want you to understand nothing that you do can change who Jesus has made you to be. Praise God. Look at this here. 
1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30 says, he says, But of him are ye in Christ Jesus. Another translation says, Of his doing are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Praise God. You see, Jesus has become your wisdom. Jesus has become your righteousness. Jesus has become your sanctification and your redemption. Now, I want to illustrate something to you guys. I want to give you a visual illustration here. You see, the scripture says that you are in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. I want to show you what this means. Look at this here. I got this uh, index card here. See the index card? It's got some scriptures on it. So I got this index card, amen, you can see the index card, and I got this notebook. Here's the notebook. Now watch what I'm going to do. I'm going to take this index card, and I'm going to put the index card into the notebook. The index card is now in the notebook. I'm going to close the notebook, and now, where's the index card? The index card is in the notebook, right? The index card is in the notebook. Now, can you still see the index card? You can't, right? All you can see is the notebook. And so, watch this, guys. Whatever I do to the notebook, I'm doing to the index card. You see, I can move the notebook around. I'm also moving the index card around because it's in the notebook. I can, uh, I can drop the notebook. I just dropped it. When I drop the notebook, I drop the index card. You see, because the index card is in the notebook, whatever is true about the notebook now is true about the index card. <laughs> you see, guys, and that's exactly how it is with you being in Christ. You see, when you read in the New Testament, in Christ, in Him, you being in Him, you being in Christ, what that means, glory to God, is the reason that you're righteous in the eyes of God is you being in Christ. You see, you being in Christ means when God looks at you, friend, what he sees is not you in yourself. No, he sees you in Christ. You see, the index card is in the notebook. The notebook is, is closed. And just like the notebook is closed, you have been sealed in Christ. The Bible says in Ephesians that you've been sealed with the Holy Ghost. You see, when you're sealed with the Holy Ghost, that means none of the bad can come in, none of the good can get out. You see, you've been sealed. You're in Christ. You're safely sealed in Him. And so, when God looks at you, friend, He no longer sees you in yourself. Glory to God. When God looks at you, He sees you in Christ. What He sees in you is Christ in you. What He sees in you is righteousness in you. What he sees in you is everything that is true about Jesus now being true about you. Say it again, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You see, you're righteous not because of what you do. You're righteous because of your position in Christ. You are in Christ, you see. And I'll watch what he says. You being in Christ means that Jesus of God has become our wisdom. And so I want you to say, I have wisdom. He says, Jesus has become our righteousness. Say, I am righteous. He says, uh, Jesus has become our sanctification. So say, I am sanctified. And he says, Jesus has become our redemption. Say, I am redeemed. Praise God. Now say, Jesus is my wisdom. Say, Jesus is my righteousness. Say, Jesus is my sanctification. And Jesus is my redemption. You see, praise God, it's no longer about you. It is all about Him, what He has done for you, and who you are in Him. You see, now you laying hold of this is 
what this life of faith is all about, you see. In other words, faith is not, I'm trying to get God to do it. Faith is, I believe he's already done it. And now I'm receptive for it to show up in my life, you see. Someone says, I don't know if I have wisdom. I don't feel I, like I have wisdom. Friend, your starting point is, Jesus is my wisdom. Therefore, I have wisdom, you see. And now, Holy Spirit, help me to access the wisdom that I already have in Christ. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining me today. I'm Alex Rubit. You have been listening to Grace to Your World. To learn more about our ministry and to access the full-length audios of this and other teachings, simply head to alexrubitministries.org. For information on how to become a Grace Vision partner or to make a gift of any amount to our ministry, go to alexrubitministries.org forward slash give. Now I pray you continue to see God's grace manifesting richly in your life. I look forward to talking to you again on our next podcast.